This is no trivial matter to you. This is your very life. This is the LifeSpring One Year Bible coming to you from Riverside, California. And podcasting since 2004, I am your OG Godcaster, Steve Webb. This is The Law Monday. We'll complete this section of the Bible with the final chapters of Deuteronomy, chapters 32 through 34. You can find this episode and more than 3,000 others at lifespringmedia.com, and I'll have contact information at the end of today's show in case you'd like to say something to me. Before we read, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. It is life, and we are so happy that you've given us this time to read together. Teach us by your Holy Spirit as we hear your words for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, are you ready? Let's get started. Deuteronomy chapter 32 Heaven, pay attention and I will speak. Earth, listen to the words of my mouth. My teaching will fall like raindrops. My speech will settle like dew, like gentle rains on grass, like spring showers on all that is green, because I proclaim the Lord's name. Give praise to our God. The rock, his acts are perfection. No doubt about it, all his ways are right. He's the faithful God, never deceiving. Altogether righteous and true is he. But children who weren't his own sinned against him with their defects. They are a twisted and perverse generation. Is this how you thank the Lord, you stupid, senseless people? Isn't he your father, your creator? Didn't he make you and establish you? Remember the days long past. Consider the years long gone. Ask your father and he will tell you about it. Ask your elders. They will give you the details. When God Most High divided up the nations, when he divided up humankind, he decided the people's boundaries based on the number of the gods. Surely the Lord's property was his people. Jacob was his part of the inheritance. God found Israel in a wild land, in a howling desert wasteland. He protected them, cared for them, watched over them with his very own eye. Like an eagle protecting its nest, hovering over its young, God spread out his wings, took hold of Israel, carried him on his back. The Lord alone led Israel. No foreign god assisted. God made Israel glide over the highlands. He fed him with food from the field, nursed him with honey from a boulder, with oil from a hard rock, curds from the herd, milk from the flock, along with the best of lambs, rams from Bashan, he goats too, along with the finest wheat, and for drink, wine from the juiciest grapes. Jacob ate until he was stuffed. Jeshurun got fat, then rebellious. It was you who got fat, thick, stubborn. Jeshurun gave up on the God who made him, thought the rock of his salvation was worthless. They made God jealous with strange gods, aggravated him with detestable things. They sacrificed to demons, not to God, to deities of which they had no knowledge, new gods only recently on the scene, ones about which your ancestors had never heard. You deserted the rock that sired you. You forgot the God who gave birth to you. The Lord saw this and rejected out of aggravation his sons and his daughters. He said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what becomes of them, because they are a confused generation. They are children lacking loyalty. They provoked me with no gods, aggravated me with their pieces of junk. So I am going to provoke them with no people, aggravate them with a nation of fools. A fire burns in me. It will blaze to the depths of the grave. 
It will destroy the land and its crops. It will blacken the base of the mountains. I'll throw on them disaster after disaster. I'll destroy them with my arrows, devastating hunger, consuming plague, bitter sickness. I'll send animal fangs after them, venom from dust crawlers too. Outside in the streets, the sword will bereave. Inside, in the safest room, there will be terror for young men and women, nursing baby and senior citizen. I thought about it. I could have struck them down, erased them from human memory. But their enemy's rage concerned me. Their opponents might misunderstand. They may say, our strong hands, not the Lord's, did all this, because they are not a thoughtful nation. They lack any insight. If they had any wisdom, they would understand this. They would discern what will become of them. How could one person chase off a thousand in battle? How could two people make ten thousand flee for their lives? Only because their rock sold them off. Only because the Lord handed them over. But no, their rocks can't compare to our rock. Our enemies are completely stupid. Their roots run straight from Sodom, from the fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes are pure poison. Their grape clusters, nothing but bitter. Their wine is snake poison, venom from a cruel cobra. Don't I have this stored up, sealed in my vaults? Revenge is my domain. So is punishment in kind. At the exact moment their step slips up, because the day of their destruction is just around the corner. Their final destiny is speeding on its way. But the Lord will acquit His people, will have compassion on those who serve Him, once He sees that their strength is all gone, that both prisoners and free people are wiped out. The Lord will ask, Where are their gods, the rocks they trusted in, who ate up the fat of their sacrifices, who drank their sacred wine? They should stand up and help you. They should protect you now. Now look here. I myself, I'm the one. There are no other gods before me. I'm the one who deals death and gives life. I'm the one who wounded, but now I will heal. There's no escaping my hand. But now I'm lifting my hand to heaven. I swear by my own eternity. When I sharpen my blazing sword and my hand grabs hold of justice, I'll pay my enemies back. I'll punish in kind everyone who hates me. I'll make my arrows drink much blood while my sword devours flesh, the blood of the dead and captured flowing from the heads of enemy generals. Heavens, rejoice with God. All you gods, bow down to the Lord, because He will avenge His children's blood. He will pay back His enemies. He will punish in kind those who hate him. He will cleanse his people's land. So Moses came and recited all the words of this poem in everyone's hearing. Joshua, Nun's son, joined him. When Moses finished speaking all these words to Israel, he told them, Set your mind on all these words I'm testifying against you right now, because you must command your children to perform carefully all the words of this instruction. This is no trivial matter for you. This is your very life. It is by this means alone that you will prolong your life in the fertile land you're crossing the Jordan River to possess. The Lord spoke to Moses that very same day. Hike up the Abram Mountains to Mount Nebo, which is in the land of Moab, opposite Jericho. Take a good look at the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the Israelites as their property. You will die on the mountain you have hiked up, and you will be gathered to your people just like your brother Aaron 
who died on Mount Hor and was gathered to his people, because the two of you were unfaithful toward me in front of the Israelites at the waters of Meribath Kadesh in the Zin wilderness, because you didn't treat me with proper respect before the Israelites. You can look at the land from the other side of the river, but you won't enter there. Deuteronomy chapter 33 This is the blessing that Moses, the man of God, gave the Israelites before he died. He said, The Lord came from Sinai. From Seir he shone like the dawn on us. From Paran Mountain he beamed down. Thousands of holy ones were with him. His warriors were next to him, ready. Yes, those who love the nations, all his holy ones, were at your command. They followed your footsteps. They got moving when you said so. Moses gave the instruction to us. It's the prized possession of Jacob's assembly. A king came to rule in Jeshurun when the people's leaders gathered together, when Israel's tribes were one. I pray that Reuben lives, doesn't die, though his numbers are so few. Moses said this to Judah. Lord, listen to Judah's voice. Bring him back to his own people. Strengthen his hands. Be his help against every enemy. Then he told Levi, Give your thummim to Levi, your Urim to your faithful one, the one you tested at Massa, the one you challenged by Meribah's waters, the one who said of his own mother and father, I don't consider them as such. Of their siblings, I don't recognize them. Of their own children, I don't know them, but who obeyed your words and who guarded your covenant. They teach your case laws to Jacob, your instruction to Israel. They hold sweet incense to your nose, put the entirely burned offering on your altar. I pray that the Lord blesses Levi's strength, favors his hard work, and crushes the insides of his enemies, so that those who hate him can't fight any more. He said to Benjamin, The Lord's dearest one rests safely on him. The Lord always shields him. He rests on God's chest. Then he told Joseph, I pray that his land is blessed by God with heaven's gifts from above, with the deep waters stretching out underneath, with the gifts produced by the sun, with the gifts generated by the moon, with the best fruit from ancient mountains, with the gifts of eternal hills, with the gifts of the earth and all that fills it, and the favor of the one who lives on Sinai. I pray that all these rest on Joseph's head, on the crown of that prince among brothers. A firstborn bull, that is how majestic he is. A wild ox's horns, those are his horns. With them he gores all peoples completely to the far ends of the earth. His horns are Ephraim's tens of thousands, his horns are Manasseh's thousands. Then he told Zebulun, Zebulun, celebrate when you are out and about. Issachar, celebrate when you are at home in your tents. They call all sorts of people to the mountain where they offer right sacrifices. It's true, they're nourished on the sea's abundance. They are nourished on buried treasures in the sand. Then he told Gad, May Gad's broad lands be blessed. He lives like a lion. He rips an arm, even a head. He chose the best part for himself because there, where the commander's portion was, the leaders of the people gathered together. Gad executed the Lord's justice and the Lord's judgments for Israel. Then he told Dan, Dan is a lion cub. He jumps up from Bashan. Then he told Naphtali, Naphtali, you are full of favor, overflowing with the Lord's blessing. Go possess the west and the south. Finally, he told Asher, 
Asher is the most blessed of sons. I pray that he's his brother's favorite, one who dips his foot in fine oil. I pray that your deadbolts are iron and copper, and that your strength lasts all your days. Jeshurun, no one compares to God. He rides through heaven to help you, rides majestically through the clouds. The most ancient God is a place of safety. The eternal arms are a support. He drove out the enemy before you. He commanded, destroy them. So Israel now lives in safety. Jacob's residence is secure, in a land full of grain and wine, where the heavens drip dew. Happy are you, Israel. Who is like you? You are a people saved by the Lord. He's the shield that helps you, your majestic sword. Your enemies will come crawling on their knees to you, but you will stomp on their backs. Deuteronomy chapter 34 Then Moses went up on Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab. He went to the top of Pisgah, across from Jericho. The Lord showed him the whole land. He could see Gilead as far as Dan, all of Naphtali, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the territory of Judah as far as the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev and the Jordan Plain, the valley of Jericho, the city of Palms, as far as Zoar. Then the Lord said to him, This is the land I promised with an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I said I would give it to their descendants. I have let you see it with your own eyes, but you may not go there. As the Lord had predicted, the Lord's servant Moses died in Moab. He was buried in a valley in Moab near Beth Peor. Even today, no one knows where his grave is. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyesight never became poor, and he never lost his physical strength. The Israelites mourned for Moses in the plains of Moab for thirty days. Then the time of mourning for him was over. Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom, because Moses had laid his hands on him. The Israelites obeyed him and did what the Lord had commanded through Moses. There has never been another prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord dealt with face to face. He was the one the Lord sent to do all the miraculous signs and amazing things in Egypt to Pharaoh to all his officials, and to his whole country. Moses used his mighty hand to do all the spectacular and awe-inspiring deeds that were seen by all the Israelites. Today I've got thoughts on each of our chapters. Let's talk about Deuteronomy 32 first. Chapter 31 ended with the words, And Moses spoke this whole song for all the people of Israel to hear, leaving us with a bit of a cliffhanger. Well, most of chapter 32 is the song to which the end of 31 referred. The first four verses are a call to all of creation to listen to what he is about to say and the fact that he's proclaiming the name of the Lord, giving him praise for who he is and what he does. The next two verses state the fact that Israel has sinned. And then verses 7 through 14 tell how God has been faithful to Israel throughout history and that he has loved them and blessed them. In verses 15 through 18, Moses reminded the people of how Israel responded to God's love by abandoning him. Verses 19 to 27 tell how, in response to their rebellion, God left their side and punished them. And then in the final verses of the song, verses 28 through 43, God lists his charges against Israel and calls them back to himself. Notice that he calls them back even still. Well, after the song, Moses encourages Israel with the words, 
This is no trivial matter to you. This is your very life. It is by this means that you will prolong your life on the fertile land you were crossing the Jordan River to possess. Another way to say this is no trivial matter to you is, this is no meaningless thing. This matters. One of the lies that the enemy tells us when we're in the midst of sin is, what God says doesn't matter. You can do what you want. Well, Moses is reminding them that what God says does matter, and what he says is life itself. And then, in the final five verses of this chapter, God gives Moses his final instructions. He's told to go up to the place where he will breathe his last. God says he'll be able to look across the Jordan River into the Promised Land, but because of his sin at Meribah Kadesh, he will not be allowed to go in. And then in chapter 33, very few of us know the time of our death, but here in chapter 33 of Deuteronomy, Moses knows that his time has come because God told him so. And here in chapter 33, Moses wanted to leave the people that he had led out of Egypt and through the desert for these 40 years with words that would be encouraging to them, despite their failings. Chapter 34 tells us about Moses' death. Now imagine the bittersweet thrill that it must have been for Moses to have God show him a view of the promised land from the top of Mount Nebo. It had to be disappointing not to get to go in, but since God had already told him that this would be the case after their sin in Numbers chapter 20, Moses must have been somewhat used to the idea. But the thrill of actually seeing the land with his own eyes had to have been at least somewhat satisfying. If you'd like to see a picture of the land that Moses saw when he looked over into the promised land, I've got one and a link on the show notes page at lifespringmedia.com s13e359. You have thoughts or questions? Let me hear from you. Send a boostergram or call the Lifespring family hotline, go to the comments page, or write an email. I'll tell you how to do that in a few moments. Tomorrow will be History Tuesday. We'll bring that category of the Bible to a close by completing the book of Esther with chapters 6 through 10. LifespringMedia.com slash support Beloved, we have one more time to pray together. This coming Wednesday will be the last time since the last episode of the season and the LifeSpring one-year Bible is Saturday. So if there's anything that you'd like to praise God for, or if you have a prayer request that you'd like the LifeSpring family to pray with you about, let me know by tomorrow at 5 p.m. Pacific so that I can get it on Wednesday's show. I invite your comments and your questions. Send a Boostergram using a modern podcast app or call the LifeSpring family hotline at plus one nine five one seven three two eighty five eleven. I really would like to hear your voice. Or go to prayer.lifespringmedia.com if you have a praise or a prayer request. If you have a comment or a question, go to comment.lifespringmedia.com or send an email to me at steve at lifespringmedia.com. Dying thanks to the team, Sister Denise, who does the transcripts, Michael Hayner, who does the chapters, Scott Snyder and Jason Paschal, who have done such a great job this year doing the show art. Today's show art is by Jason Paschal and Sister Brittany, our newsletter editor and publisher. I've enjoyed our visit today, beloved. Thank you for the pleasure of your company. Until tomorrow, may God bless you richly. My name is Steve Webb. Bye. All the programs in the LifeSpring Media family are made possible by the generous gifts of people like you.